Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 2, 11 through 14, called Living the Gospel. There are other scholars who believe that Peter's hesitancy is fear that what he's doing might affect other Jews in Jerusalem and they may be persecuted because of his behavior. There's a lot of different speculation. We just don't have enough to know exactly everything that's going on. What we do know is that Peter withdrew from Gentile brothers and sisters. He held himself aloof. He pulled back because of pressure. And we all can do that. When we hold ourselves aloof, we become snobbish. We become kind of pulled back and set back. We don't know if uh, Peter pulled away gradually. The language allows for a gradual pulling away. Or if Peter just suddenly stopped. But all of a sudden, when this other company came in, Peter pulled away from brothers and sisters in Christ who were Gentiles. And it was a sad, sad situation. To hold oneself aloof means to be standoffish, snobbish, snooty, unapproachable. He acted one way with certain people and one way with others. Sound familiar? Anybody else struggle with that? Modern example. You become a Christian. You start going to church. You're hanging out with believers. And an unbelieving friend comes by, sees you at the Christian table and says, Oh, you're not one of them, are you, Holy Joe? Remember how you used to say you would never carry a Bible around school or the neighborhood, and now you've got a huge family Bible. That's not yours, is it? And try to move it off in front of your friend. No, it's not mine. It's not mine. Or how about this? Do you and I change our behavior depending on who's in the room or who enters the room? What about your boss? What about your pastor? What about your dad or your mom? You ever been caught eating candy late at night? Ice cream at midnight. <gasps> the light comes on. Your wife's got the, her cell phone light on you. What are you doing? You're not eating the last cookie crunch, cookie dough crunch, are you? No. Right? Some years ago, I went out to lunch after church. I walked into this restaurant, and I noticed these two ladies were, like, staring at me. And so I was like... Hi, how you doing? And I initiated a little bit, and, they, and they, they were like, okay, we admit it, we didn't go to church today. <laughs> I didn't even know who they were. They just knew I was the leader in the church, and they were feeling guilty. Okay, we confess it. So I took some holy water, I sprinkled them, and they were ah, it burns, it burns. No, just kidding. <laughs> Through its laws, our country declares it's a crime to lie about the contents in a box of cereal. These laws demand that the outside of the package tell the truth about what's on the inside. Deceptive packaging is illegal. Truth in advertising regulations are another way to protect a public, the public. A good example of this is 
the warning on a pack of cigarettes. Smoking causes lung cancer. Heart disease, emphysema, may complicate pregnancy. Unfortunately, says this writer, there are no such laws about people. We require no one to tell us what really lies behind the packaging, the clothes, the facial expressions, the mannerisms, the speech patterns, or affected behavior. No one is forced to tell you what he or she is really feeling, thinking, or planning to do. And unfortunately, in this situation, Peter's Peter was showing some deceptive packaging. He believed the gospel of grace. He didn't believe that diet determined your destiny, and yet he disengaged. To withdraw is hupostello in Greek. It's a term that is used for strategic military disengagement. Peter backed away from other believers simply because of social pressure. Do you think that that's happening in our world today? Sometimes people get categorized who are believers as stupid and they're non-scientific. Our kids who are in school sometimes get mocked for their faith. It, it can be hard, especially if you feel like you don't have the arguments or you don't know how to defend your faith. Speaking of hypocrisy, I heard about an annual meeting of the American Heart Association. There were 300,000 doctors, nurses, and researchers. They met in Atlanta to discuss, among other things, the importance of a low-fat diet and how it keeps our hearts healthy. Yet during mealtimes, they, they consumed fat-filled fast food, such as bacon cheeseburgers, fries, at about the same rate of other conventions. When one cardiologist was asked whether or not he was partaking in high-fat meals, and that set a bad example, he replied, no, because when I ate it, I took my name tag off. Let that one sink in for a moment. <laughs> now, when we are hypocritical and we do this kind of thing, it's not just in a vacuum. It just, doesn't just affect us. Take a look at verse 13. It says, the rest of the Jews, here would be Christian Jews, joined with him, with Peter, in hypocrisy. There's that word. With the result that even Barnabas the guy with the biggest heart in the church. The guy that believed in Paul when nobody else did. The guy that was nicknamed the son of encouragement. He was carried away by their hypocrisy. You see, when we set a good example, people can follow that good example. And when we set a hypocritical example, guess what? Well, if Peter's pulling away, maybe I should as well. And the other believing Jews that Peter was supposed to tend his lambs, shepherd his flock, lead by example, Peter's hypocrisy, it hurt other people. And other people started putting on their masks too. Maybe I shouldn't eat with the Gentiles. Maybe I shouldn't be this close. If Peter's leaving, maybe I should as well. And sometimes we hear stories of, you know, uh, families who go through a difficult time. Someone says, I'm no longer going to follow Christ. The, the mask comes off or goes on, as it were, and others are hurt. Others in the family of God. Others in families. Hypocrisy breeds hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is harmful in multiple ways. It hurts the hypocrite and makes them liable to God's discipline, but it also hurts people who are watching. Think about churches that are divided over silly things and the world watches and says, if that's Christianity, you can have it. 
You, you think about people who have been uh, ripped off by uh, so-called Christians with fishes on their business card or some guy in a slick suit who manipulates people for money. This all hurts the cause of Christ. Galatians 5.9, flip ahead, says this. A little leaven, Galatians 5.9, what does it do? It leavens the whole lump of dough. Just a little leaven. It's all it takes. And it permeates. Jesus talked about beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, Luke 12, 1, which is hypocrisy. See, the Pharisees, Jesus had issues with the Pharisees back to Galatians 2 because they put on a show. They wore the right clothes. They fasted on the right days. They sat in the seat of Moses and Jesus said of them, go ahead and do what they say, but don't do what they do because they don't do what they say. And do you know how many times Jesus looked at the religious leaders and called them hypocrites? Jesus wasn't politically correct, people. He called them out. And that's a big reason why they didn't like him, because he unmasked them for who they were. They weren't authentic. They were phonies. They were playing a part. And Barnabas, you know, you can feel the emotion in Paul. Not Barnabas. You ever been in a situation where you watch something happening and it affects someone that you care about and love deeply and you're like, no, 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 no. This stops now. Peter, come into my office, right? Enough of this. Peter's play acting hurt people. First Peter 5, Peter writes later and he says in verse 2, Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness. This is 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. Nor yet is lording it over those allotted to your charge, but prove to be examples to the flock. The only way that I can do that is if it's Christ in me. And when I fall on my face, to be honest about it with those I love, and to try to be as consistent as possible as I yield to Christ. Paul says, final verse for this morning, verse 14. He says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, do you see, Bible students, what's at stake? It's the truth of the gospel. The behavior affected the message. I said to Cephas, that's Peter, in the presence of all, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles, you've been hanging out with them, you've been eating with them, and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? You've not been straightforward. The word straightforward there is orthopodio in Greek. It's where we get the word orthopedics. And it means to be literally straight-footed or to walk straight or walk uprightly. And Peter was not being straightforward, nor were the rest. Orthopedics can help your feet, cushion your feet. And a good image is a balance beam. The word means to walk straight. So if you're walking on a balance beam, what are some of the things you need to do? Well, you need to make sure that you're walking in the right spot. You can have your arms out to help you with balance. You don't want to be distracted. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Right? You want to walk straight on the balance beam. See, you want your life to be in balance. And they were not being straightforward about the gospel. Paul saw this as a gospel issue. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's "step closer" as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called "A Step Closer," and you can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Orthopedics can help your feet, cushion your feet. And a good image is a balanced beam. The word means to walk straight. So if you're walking on a balanced beam, what are some of the things you need to do? Well, you need to make sure that you're walking in the right spot. You can have your arms out to help you with balance. You don't want to be distracted. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Right? You want to walk straight on the balance beam. See, you want your life to be in balance. And they were not being straightforward about the gospel. Paul saw this as a gospel issue. NIV, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, Peter was confronted in front of the whole church and corrected by Paul. Now, one other thing, see the idea of Jewish customs at the end of verse 14? That's actually where we get the idea of Judaizing. Young's literal translation says this. But when I saw that they were not walking uprightly to the truth of the good news, I said to Peter before all, if thou being a Jew in the manner of the nations does live, and not in the manner of the Jews, how the nations does thou compel to Judaize? If some of you are wondering where the idea of Judaizers came from, it's the end of verse 14. It's the idea of trying to force on somebody a lifestyle that doesn't belong to them. And that's essentially what happened to Peter. He was trying, he moved away because of fear and tried to, to convince Jew, uh, Gentiles that they needed to live like Jews. And what they needed was Jesus. <laughs> nothing more, nothing less. Now, I want to end the message with a few parallel passages on how to overcome hypocrisy. First one, Matthew 7. These are the words of Jesus. Let's turn over there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew 7. How do we, I don't want to leave you with just the bummer of, you know, okay, bummer, you know. 
I guess, I guess we're all just hypocrites. We'll just go on our merry hypocritical way. No. Matthew 7, verse 1. Jesus says, Do not judge, lest you be judged. For in the way you judge, Matthew 7, 2, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, Matthew 7, 3, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye? And behold, the log is in your own eye. You what? Hypocrite. <laughs> Nobody wanted to say it. <laughs> First, take, first, take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The passage is not about judging. and We make judgments every day. The passage is about hypocritical judging. And Jesus says, get the telephone pole out of your eye, then you'll see clearly it's a first and a then. First take the log out, then you'll see clearly to help others with their specs. Everybody got me? There's an order here. This is not, you got to read the passage in context. It's about hypocritical judging. Solution for hypocrites? Oh, Lord, help me get the logs out. This week, a prayer. Oh, Lord, help me get the logs out. Help me see the logs in my own eye. The ones that are making my judgment off. The ones that I'm nitpicking other people for their small stuff, but I got this huge thing coming out of my head, knocking a bunch of people over. <laughs> help me get the logs out. Move over to Romans 12. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans 12. Here's, a, here's another prayer I was thinking of that would be a good application for this message, and it's Romans 12, just one verse. Look at verse 9. It says these words, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, Romans 12, 9, cling to what is good. Lord, some I put in my notes, make my love real in the lives of others around me. I don't want to be a phony. I want your love to be so powerfully moving through me that my love would be without phoniness, without hypocrisy. It would be authentic. I'm not trying to flip a switch or turn on a button in the right company. I want to be authentic wherever I am so that the love of Jesus just flows from me to others. And finally, all the way to 1 Peter 2, which is the back of your New Testament. So here's the guy, right? You might be asking, well, how did this all work out? We don't know. We don't have a record of what Peter said in response. Like if Peter said, get out of my face, man. Which we would sometimes do, right? Who are you, log boy? <laughs> Why don't you get the log out of your own eye? And then you come and tell speck inspector. You know, sometimes that's how we get it first, right? But here's what we do know. In later letters of the New Testament, Paul doesn't bring this up. He and Peter seem to be good. The gospel is in agreement. And so it sounds like Peter heeded the rebuke. And we know that Peter, when he was rebuked by Jesus, uh, when he, uh, he had that moment when he, the Lord said, get behind me, Satan. And then later when he denied the Lord three times, Peter went out and what did he do? He wept bitterly. 
So we know Peter had a soft heart towards his own failures. 1 Peter 2, verse 1, Peter will write later, he says, Therefore, final verses for how to overcome hypocrisy. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all guile, and what? Hypocrisy and envy and all slander, all, all, all. Like newborn babes long for the pure or the spiritual milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. What I put in my notes is, Lord, help me to put off my masks and replace them with the pure milk of the word. I think one way to overcome hypocrisy is to stay in God's word. Because then you're not trying to generate something from your flesh. It's God's word coming into you, spiritual milk, if you will, resources, nourishment from heaven. It's coming in. It says to be hungry for it, just like a newborn would want milk. Long for it. Cry for it. <laughs> you have to. No, don't do that. Anyway, people think you're weird. And, and take it in because the milk of the word will help you chuck the masks of hypocrisy. Father, thank you for your word. It is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Oh, Lord, forgive us for the times that we have tried to put on a show be inauthentic. It does us no good. It does people around us no good. What we really need is to say it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me and through me. It's gonna take a total surrender, a yielding. And Lord, we, we struggle right at that point, that point of giving you everything. Sometimes we try to give it and we take it back. Sometimes we look at how we behaved in a situation and we just go, oh no, what did I do? I put my mask on. Lord, we want to be authentic. We want to be like you. You were real with people. Surprising how you loved people who were in the midst of failure and oh, how strong you were when people were putting on a show. You called them out. Oh, Lord, you, you live in us so we know we can sense the times when we can feel what we're doing. Would you help us in these areas, Lord? Help us just to to look for logs that may be there. Help us to love authentically. Help us, Lord, to chuck our masks and replace them with the milk of the word of God. Would you just spend a few moments meditating on God's word, asking him to help you this week? You can't worry about yesterday. Yesterday's gone, but what's ahead of you is where you want the help and it may be just some simple prayers around some of these ideas that we closed with. If you're not a Christian, you don't have the Spirit of God, so you can't do any of this. You've got to start with trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You might want to, I would encourage you just to cry out to him right now, Lord Jesus, would you save me and make me your own? If you've struggled with phoniness and putting on a mask, you might just pray, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to set aside my masks and I want to be real, authentic. I don't want to be ashamed of who I am in Christ. So help me just be a Christian wherever I go, not to be obnoxious or overwhelming, but just to be authentic. Let my life be a bridge to the gospel. Let my life convey the gospel. And Father, for this incredible fellowship, this group of uh, awesome Christians, I pray that you would encourage them that they're not alone, 
that. We kind of started this message by saying we all struggle in these areas and may you give us grace, grace, and more grace when we fall short. May we not beat ourselves too, up too much or condemn ourselves. May we rather just say, hey, I'm gonna look at this area and I wanna get better and I wanna yield more. Help us all with that, Lord, for your glory in Jesus' name and all God's people said. You've been listening to Living the Gospel Part 3 on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 2, 11-14. And in FYI, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. As things have slowly reopened, we're inviting you to attend one of our Sunday morning services this weekend. And of course, to keep with social distancing guidelines, you'd have to register to go to one of those services. But it's easy enough to do when you visit walkintruth.com and click on church. Also, if you don't live in Southern California or you'd rather watch online, we do live stream the 9 a.m. Pacific Time service as well. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Either online or in person, Pastor Michael would love to meet you. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events, all for the sole goal to keep you equipped as a believer or to help you learn more about Jesus if you're not a Christian. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21, called The Truth Will Set You Free. And we're going to encourage you to make some time to read ahead. So again, Monday's teaching is in Galatians 2, 15 through 21. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have an awesome 4th of July weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.